All right, good morning. How is everybody? Make sure the sound's okay. Welcome to People's Church. My name is Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here. If you would take a second, pray with me. We're going to jump in. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you today that you're our good shepherd. That you're good. God, in you we lack nothing. Thank you for that today, God. Thank you, Lord, that you lead us, that you guide us, that you care for us, that you protect us. God, we're so thankful for your care, your love for us. Jesus, we ask even now as we open your word, would you come and speak? Would you meet us here, God? Would you meet us here? Oh, by your spirit, would you speak to us again as we open your word? Lead us, guide us, have your way in these few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, so today we're actually going to be starting a new series. So we've been talking about faith. Dave did a great job. I said we're start launching a new series called Community. Say community. Now, obviously, it's a very common word. Most of us have an idea of what community is, but we're really excited. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be jumping in to community. And if you go to Google, how many guys can whip out your phone and Google something like in two seconds? Okay, that's most of us, right? So that's what I did. What is community? I'm going to give you the Google answer, okay? Google says it's fellowship with others built on a shared attitude, interest, or belief. So it's fellowship that's built on a shared attitude, interest, or belief. Guys, listen, we're talking about community, but as we focus in, we're going to be talking about biblical community, okay? And biblical community is centered on Jesus. Amen? It's centered on our shared connection around faith in Jesus, hope in Jesus, mission that's found in Jesus. And as we move in, guys, we're not just talking about some theological term. We value community here at People's Church. And we value community because God places a high value on community. You might have heard our our vision is to love God and restore people. Guys, listen, we will not fulfill our vision of love God, restore people outside the context of community. You know that? Love God, even Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, it's a corporate word to Israel that they should love Him. If you're even moving into Matthew 22, guys, listen, love God isn't just an individual responsibility, it's a corporate responsibility for all of us. Yeah? And how many of you guys know that people being restored, opening up their issues, being vulnerable, honest, transparent, guys, all of this happens in the context of community and relationship. I love this quote by a guy, his name is Justin Buzzard. <laughs> That's a great last name, isn't it? Buzzard. The church is a community of rescued people celebrating grace, eager to spread the good news of what Jesus has done and bringing other people to the party. I love that. How many of you guys know that biblical community is not exclusive? It's not a huddle where we try to keep people out, but it's actually a community where we lock arms and try to welcome people into what God has done. That's pretty beautiful, isn't it? How many of you guys have ever been left on the outside? Anybody? Maybe there was, a, there was a group of people that you wanted to have relationships and they wouldn't let you in and you felt locked out. Guys, this is not what biblical community is. We share faith and hope and mission in Jesus and we reach out to others with the grace that He's given us. Amen? How many of you guys know that we need community? Did you know that you need community? We need it. Many of us, God has placed a desire, a want in our hearts for deep relationship. A couple months ago, 
Do you guys get a bunch of flyers in November starting to get ready for the Black Friday sales? Anybody else? We got one from Amazon. They sent us this beautiful magazine with all these magical gifts that our kids are going to love. And so to get an idea of what our kids wanted for Christmas, we gave them a magazine. We gave them a pen. We said, hey, just maybe highlight a couple things that, that you want. Give us an idea. Guys, we got the magazine back like an hour later. And my oldest had circled everything in the whole magazine except two things. Talking about like 12 pages of gifts. She'd circled everything. She's like, I want all of them, right? Guys, listen, we need community. But guys, listen, there's a deep longing in our hearts for deep relationship with others. On some of we want connection, right? But as we move into the Bible, we find out that community is at the center of God's heart. Have you ever thought about this? That God dwells in community himself. We believe that God is Trinity, that He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God's never been alone because there's three persons. He's one God, but there's three persons. He dwells in community from eternity past to present forever. He's never been alone. That's pretty awesome. Go to Genesis 1 with me. As we jump in, we see in the first verse, in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what we see is that in the process of creation, that all three persons of the Godhead were there, right? In verse 2, the earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep. So we see the Spirit of God there. If you move into Colossians 1, we see that everything was made through Jesus, right? And we know the Father, He was there, almost in a supervisor role, okay? But the Trinity is there. God is there, okay? And he starts creating. We know that He creates the light and the heavens. He creates the earth. We could go down. The sun and the moon. He creates the animals, the fish and the sea. Okay, listen, he keeps, what does He say after He creates something? It is good, right? He says, it's good. It's good. It's good. He actually says it five times. He says, it's good five times. And He gets to the end. Because listen, He says it's good to the specific thing that He makes. But if you get to the end of Genesis 1, let's just go there. Genesis 1, verse 31. And God saw everything that He made. And behold, it was very good. So you have Him walking through the context and saying, yep, the fish in the sight, that, that's good. The vegetation, that's good. But when He sees it all together, He says, it's very good. That's very good. And if we move in to chapter 2, we see the seventh day. So He created in six days. On the seventh day, He rested. Genesis 2 almost gives you a, a little different perspective of the creation, okay? But as we come down, this is where I want to see, verse 15. It said, God, He took the man that He created. Okay, He took the man and He put him in the Garden of Eden. So He gave him a home. He put him in the garden, alright? And He told him to work it and keep it. So basically, He made Adam, He gave him a home and gave him a job. <laughs> Amen, right? Your home is, is the garden. Your job is to work it and to keep it. And then the Lord gave him a rule. And he said, he commanded him, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So we see God, he creates Adam. He gives him a home. He gives him a job. He gives him a rule. Everything is good. Okay? There's not been any sin. There's been no disobedience. Everything has been good so far. Everything has been very good. But if you get into verse 18, this is what I want us to see. Then the Lord God said, it is not good. Okay? So we have the first thing in the Bible that is not good. And it's not 
sin. Listen, 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 look, just look what it is. It is not good that man should be alone. That man should be so, guys. Listen, pre-sin, pre-fall, pre-anything else going wrong, the problem was not sin. The problem was man being alone because he was not created to be alone. You weren't made to be alone. You weren't made to be. It's not good for you to be alone. How many of you guys have a friend who, who might say, "I'm just a loner." <laughs> I, anybody ever heard that term? I'm just a loner. I like to be by myself. I like to keep to myself. Guys, listen. It's not good to be alone. According to God, He said it's not good. In fact, He says, I'm going to make a helper suitable for Adam. And guys, listen, I just believe in the context, the help He's looking for is not help to work the job in the garden. Because that's not the problem. The help He's looking for is one who is suitable to bring Him companionship. One to bring Him a sense of relationship and community. That is the issue in the context, okay? So this is what happens. I will make Him a helper In verse 19, it says, Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. That's a pretty awesome job, right? Adam got a good job. He got to name the animals. How about you guys? I see some animals I might would have changed the name on a little bit, right? They get to name the animals, and whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. So God actually kind of gave some authority to Adam, some delegated authority that Adam got to name the animals. But for Adam, this is... The end of verse 20. But for Adam, there was no, not found a helper for him. So the help that God was looking for wasn't found in animals. And so this is what it says. So, so the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed it up and placed it with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made it into woman. And he brought her to the man. Okay? So we see God says, listen, animals, they're great. How many of you guys are animal lovers? Any animal lovers in here? I probably have as many animals in my house as probably anybody here. I think we have 20 animals at my house right now. We have 15 ducks. We have three chickens. We have two cats. We've got a lot of animals. I love animals. And God, listen, I think God has given a place for animals to, for us to love and to cuddle and to bring comfort. But guys, listen, animals don't replace people. Amen? There's something about people that God has created that they are the ones who help bring a real sense of community and connection that we can't live without. And so we see God, He makes woman and He brings her to man. And this is the, the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. We, we see Adam's response. He's like, mm, God, you know exactly what I needed. Bones of my bones. But listen, God gives Adam community and relationship. How many of you guys know that God loves relationship and community? This is what He wants for us. One thing I find fascinating is that Adam needed help. You see that in the context? A helper suitable for Adam. Adam needed help. It wasn't for him to be alone. He, he might could have worked the garden, but he needed help. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes we don't like to ask for help. Yeah? Sometimes we have walls up that keep us from the community that God wants us to have because we're too afraid to, to show any emotion or to actually communicate that we need help from other people. Guys, listen, look at your neighbor and say, I need help. Guys, listen, everybody, you need help. Sometimes we like to put on the facade. I don't know about you guys. It's in our culture. It's that I can do it on my own. I'm good, 
right? I'm okay. I can get through this all by myself. Guys, listen, maybe you can't, but it's not the way you were made. You were made to walk with those around you. Guys, listen, God has put relationships in your life that you don't have to carry the burdens by yourself. Amen? This is the way God has made it for us even from the beginning. How many of you guys know that even here in Genesis 2, we see that God, He creates community, creates a relationship for Adam, but even from the garden on, God is always looking for a people. Say a people. He's looking for a people to call His own. Guys, listen. We have to, I think, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step out on a ledge here, okay? Sometimes we over-individualize our faith, okay? God, He's always looking for a people, not just a person. He, yeah, he's looking for you, but He's looking for you as a piece of the greater people, Okay? If we see, even in, in, in Genesis 12, we see he calls a man named Abraham, and we see Isaac, we see Jacob, we see God calling a family, a nation to himself. If we see later in Jesus, we have a whole body of believers, a whole church, right? And here's the key. If you see up here, God says, look, you see calm unity? Listen, that's on purpose. Because how many of you guys know that unity comes through community? Yeah, and so when God, He's looking for people, He's looking for people to walk as one. Yeah, so we have marriage. The two become what? One flesh. We have, guys, even in Israel, God, desi- like, He desired for them to walk as one, but they even ended up splitting up. You remember Israel, the, the, the ten tribes on top, Judah, the two on the bottom. There was division even in Israel, but how many of you guys know, if we move into the New Testament, we still see that God, He's looking for us to live as one body. Many parts, but one Body, guys, listen, this is God's heart, that in community that we would walk as one. Because how many of you guys know that your individual expression and your individual testimony of Jesus, that is great, but the community expression and testimony of Jesus is even greater. Yeah? When we start to live out the commands of Jesus together, that begins to move. That begins to move. Go to Acts 2 with me real fast. Can we see this modeled in the early church? This sense of community. Acts 2, Jesus has just ascended into heaven in Acts 1. And then we see the Holy Spirit come, okay? I find this really fascinating. The Holy Spirit comes... We see Peter, he preaches his first sermon. There's a great response. Actually, go right here. Chapter 2, verse 41. So those who received his word, Peter's word, were baptized, and they were added that day 3,000 souls. So we see a great response to what Peter just spoke. There's 3,000 souls. And then what does it say? 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, prayers. All came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed, guys, listen to this, they were together and they had all things in common. They were together, but they had all things in common. They were sharing life. Guys, listen, this is what community is, is about. It's about sharing life together. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. It's easy sometimes to show up to church and leave and, and the rest of the week we continue to live at a distance from those around us, yeah? Yeah. We can continue to live at a distance. Guys, community is where you share life. It's just not showing up to the same place once a week. It's actually being in each other's lives. This is what God is calling us to. And listen, don't hear me out, okay? I'm not saying that I have to be in every single person's life deeply. Sometimes that is not 
it's not practical. It's not going to happen, right? But we need to find someone that we can connect with in the larger community and share life with them. That we would live connected. But we see, listen, they had all things in common. They were selling their possessions, their belongings. They were just distributing the proceeds to all as as any had need. And day by day, they were attending the temple together, together, and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food. They were glad with generous hearts. But we see together, together, they had all things in common. Guys, listen, this was the birthing of the church. And one of the first responses after the Holy Spirit came is they were together. They were living in community. God's heart. Now, when Karen and I, what's my wife in here? But Karen and I, we met on a mission trip. I've told you guys about it. It's called the World Race. But one thing I haven't told you about is probably the most formative thing that happened inside of the World Race was the community that we experienced. So we were gone for 11 months. We went to 11 nations. We were with about 50 people for that whole time span. But month by month, we were broken up into like seven people groups. We were sent to different parts. But we were literally waking up in the mornings. We were eating together. We were praying with one another. We were serving together. We were laughing together. We were cutting up. We, we spent all day together. And I'm just going to be honest. How many of you guys know that sometimes we like to have community with the people that we pick? We like to have people community with the people that look like us. And sometimes when people kind of come outside of our mold, then it's like, I'll just kind of stand back. Well, I'm just going to be honest. A lot of these people were outside of the mold I would have thought I would have had community with. Okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. That's the eyes I came in with. But as we spent month by month by month, how many of you guys know that community is cultivated and created? It doesn't happen overnight. We can't just show up and think we're going to have deep trust with one another. Deep relationships. Sometimes that happens over experience. But what happened month by month is my heart grew so in love with the people around me and the way we functioned, the way they had my back, the way they encouraged me, the way they prayed over me, the way that we just laughed together and had fun. There was something so beautiful about the community. I'm just going to be honest with you. I believe that it was inside of that context of community that discipleship really happened for me. Some of you guys know that you can try to become more like Jesus on your own, but it's not the way he prescribed it to happen. He drew 12 to himself, not just one. You get that? He didn't just say, hey, Peter, just you come and I'm going to deal with you on your own. He said, no, I'm going to bring all 12 and you're going to learn to become like me together. Guys, listen, God, he's called us to live in community. I'll never forget when I was on the world race, I actually got sick. So I had staph infection. Anybody ever had staph infection? It's kind of gross, so we're not going to get into the details. But I had staph infection and I was in Cambodia. The, the, the care is awful there. And so they actually told me I should probably go back to Thailand. But we found a doctor. He was trained. He was Cambodian, but he was, he was trained in the West. And so he cut me open. He was kind of taking care of everything. But this is what I remember. I remember one of my best friends on the race. Her name was Allie, okay? She was an emergency nurse in the States. And she was back there holding my hand, squeezing it so tight as I was cut open. Guys, that's community, right? I'm in the midst of some serious pain, some serious stuff. And Allie stepped in to my pain and she was holding my hand as I was clenching, I think, the bed on the other side and this doctor's cutting me open. Guys, listen, sometimes community, we, we reach out to others, but how many guys, sometimes we have to step into other people and initiate community. Yeah? Sometimes we're waiting for someone to step to us and we need to step to others and reach to them. We've seen a little bit that God has a heart for community. Go to the first Peter five with me.
first two five. say this true community will lift you up when you don't feel like you can go on amen true community loves you enough to call you out when you're going down a road you shouldn't be going down yeah true community will listen to you true community believes in you when you don't believe in yourself true community celebrates each other's successes amen the true community it also bears each other's burdens First Peter 5. We're going to look at the enemy's playbook. So we see God has a heart for community, even from the beginning. It's not good for man to be alone. Let me bring a woman to him. Oh, I want a people to myself. I want, I want a corporate people. And you guys know, as you look at the enemy's playbook, it's very telling. First Peter 5. Verse 8. Be so, sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. So he, he's prowling around like a, a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I was even looking at, at, at cats, big cats, how, how they hunt. Oftentimes they what? They isolate. They isolate. That's, that's part of their strategy for which they hunt. Even lions. They will isolate their prey and then they'll gang around and they'll, they'll make their attack. Guys, listen. This is the enemy's playbook. He wants to isolate you. Guys, listen, when you sin, oftentimes what's your first reaction is to pull back from relationships. It's, it's to stay away. You don't want anybody to get too close. You don't want them to see your mess. And listen, as you start to leave the community, as you start to distance yourself, he's got you. Okay? He starts circling. He's the roaring lion. He's isolating you, and he wants to come devour you. But this is what it says. It says, resist him. Stand firm in your faith, knowing, listen, knowing that the same kinds of suffering. They're experienced by your what? Your brotherhood worldwide. Listen, in the context, Peter's saying, listen, he's coming to try to isolate you and devour you. But listen, know that as you stand firm in faith, know that you're not alone. You're not alone with what you're going through. Because how many of you guys know that there are seasons in which you maybe don't have as, as many close relationships as other seasons? We get that, okay? But listen, in the context, he's saying, just know that you're not alone. That there's other brothers, there are other sisters in faith around the world who are going through the same thing that you are going through. The context, guys, of 1 Peter is persecution. They're going through serious hardship, serious pain. And in the context, he's pulling back. He's like, listen, know you're not alone. Know you're not alone. I love this. I love that in the context, we draw strength from one another. How many of you guys know that we draw strength from one another? Yeah? I find this even in marriage. Sometimes Karen's high and I'm low. <laughs> and sometimes I, it's the other way around, right? I'm, I'm high, she's low. It's back and forth. It's back and forth. It's back and forth. But we continue to draw strength from one another. We draw strength from one another. Community does not mean that you don't have disagreements. Yeah? Community does not mean that you don't have disagreements. It just means that your love and your commitment toward one another is greater than the difference that comes up. Yeah? I don't know about you guys, but real richness, real fullness, real wealth in life doesn't come from the stuff that you have. It comes from the relationships 
that you have. I just believe that God is calling us. I'm just going to be honest. As a body, lean into the relationships that you have. Lean in. Be in t- community doesn't happen unintentionally. Be intentional. Maybe you need someone to reach you, but maybe you can reach out to someone else. Let's lean into the relationships. Guys, listen, in the body, I can go ahead and promise you, in the next few months, we're going to be launching some new opportunities to continue to develop community here. But listen, we're not naive to think that there's not community outside of these walls too. With your families, in your marriages, at your workplace, wherever you are, lean into the relationships. Create community. How many of you guys know that relationships are not just an opportunity to share life together, but relationships are the avenue for influence. Do you know that? That God wants to develop relationship and then He's going to use your testimony and your influence in their life for their good. Yeah? Guys, if we want to be people of influence in our community, then we have to develop relationships. Now listen, we're going to talk more about how do we build community. How do we walk out community? We're going to talk more about that coming down the pipe. But listen, this week all we want to know is that God values community. We need community. Let's be those who lean into our relationships. It's so easy to go through life and just to go through the motions and the relationships in our lives. So we can almost in some sense take for granted or just give what we want to give. But how many of you guys know that community shows up for one another? Community shows, how many of you guys know that community isn't always easy? Right? Just as there are barriers, if, if you set a goal, like let's say, I want to get healthy. I know I want to get healthy. There are barriers to me actually taking steps to get healthy. I don't, I don't like the way healthy food tastes. I don't like to cook. There, there can be barriers to that, to that thing, even though I know I need it. There can be barriers to community, even though we know we need relationships. One is that it's not always convenient. It's not always easy. When somebody is having a struggle and I need to show up for them, hey, I had something else going on. But this is what community does. They step, they step out of their own routine to show up for those around them. Another is, how many of you guys know that sometimes past relationships can actually keep you, the hurt and pain that you experience can keep you from wanting to engage now with the relationships around you. So this past pain can actually be a barrier for entering into the community that God's calling you to. You know that? Here's, here's the funny part. Oftentimes God wants to use relationships to heal your past wounds that came from relationships. He'll use people in your life to heal those things, to be a part of that process. But here's, here's the last one, okay? Another barrier to community is sometimes we're afraid to let people in. Anybody else been afraid that if you let someone into your bubble, if you open up your heart, they're going to see your mess. They're going to think bad about you. Sometimes it can be a barrier to actually opening up. Guys, listen. In biblical community, we embrace one another. We're all broken. Hear me. We're all broken. We embrace one another in our brokenness as we continue to want to grow and look more like Jesus. We encourage each other in truth. How many of you guys know that I need encouragement? You need, we all need encouragement. and We all have our own mess that we're working through. Yeah? But we don't want it to create a barrier where we can't actually open up and be vulnerable. Because how many of you guys know that some of us hide? We like to show up and, and talk 
surface level and hang out and call that community. Guys, listen, that's good, but God wants something way more where we can bear our souls, where we can be connected to one another. Hear me today. You're not alone. You're not alone. We value community here. Okay? Number one, Jesus said, Matthew 28, he said, I'm always with you. <laughs> Never alone. Number two, guys, there's a community here who loves you. Maybe you have community outside. Maybe you have a tight-knit family. Maybe you don't. But just know there's community here. There's people here who love you. And if you're going through something, if you want to develop a relationship, let's do it. We're going to create opportunities for that, but we don't have to wait for the structure and the opportunity. We can start now. Let's have lunch. Let's, you know, like, let's get together outside of church. Guys, we want to be those who develop relationships. I don't know about you guys, but at home we have these 15 ducks. And you guys have heard of sitting ducks. They're really, they're really fun animals. I really just like going out and watching the ducks. And when, when you let them out in the morning, they start flapping their wings. But this is what happens all day long. You let the ducks out, and this is what they do. They always stay together. The whole day, they stay together. They eat together, they go hang out together, they lay in the sun together. We walk out at night, and if you stand about 100 yards away and you say, all ducks go to bed, then they'll start, like, moving, and then they'll run into the, to the house together, right? Like, whatever they do, they do it together. Guys, what a picture of community, that we would live life together, yeah? That we would move together as one, that we would support one another. Guys, I believe this is God's heart for us. That we would be a community that walks in unity. Now, as, as we wrap up, guys, I, I, I think you've heard my heart today that God values community, that we need community. But just, just a few questions. Are you a learner? Are you one who, who keeps people at a distance? Guys, if so, why, why? What's causing you to be a learner? Why are you walking alone? It's not God's heart for you. It's not God's heart for you. Second is, do you have any undealt with pain from relationships in the past that would, would be a wall, that would be a barrier from maybe the relationships that you have moving forward? Third, I would just ask, guys, listen, what are some practical ways this week that you can intentionally lean into the relationships that you have? Maybe it's being a good, a good listener. Maybe it's sending two texts a day to, to people you're thinking about. Maybe it's to initiate... Uh, a one-on-one that you're going to meet with your best friend every week and talk about the Bible or you're, you're going to pray, whatever that is, let's be those who lean into our relationship. Amen? Guys, listen, God has, has made us to live linked together. Not, not distant from one, but linked together. Guys, let us be those who pursue the relationships. Amen? As we move into ministry time, I just speak this out this morning as even... We were, we were getting ready. I just feel like someone is battling in their mind, and, 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 and you can characterize this however you want to, but with evil thoughts. Thoughts that are not your own. Dark thoughts. And so we just call that out. God, if that is you, we want to pray for you. We're not shame you. We've all had thoughts that, that we would not like to admit we did. But we want to pray for you. Guys, listen, there is power in laying on of hands. It says this in God's Word. And so we want to be a community that comes around one another and lays hands on each other and prays for each other and encourages one another. And so even this ministry time, that's what this is, guys. 
If you want to stay at your seat, great. If you want to come forward, great. But we want to come around as a community, those who are in need, and pray for one another. Amen? So let's just pray with me. Actually, stand up, if you would. Let's stand up today. Sometimes it's easy to, to get sitting, to get comfortable. If you need to sit down medically, please, please continue to stay seated. Jesus, we just, we thank you for the gift of community. We thank you for relationships. We thank you, God, that, that you would put us together. God, and that you would give gifts to each one that we need. That, God, I don't have it all. That my brother doesn't have it all. But, God, that you've given all that's needed in the body. God, we're so thankful. Lord, we ask that you would come and speak to us. Would you come and search us? God, if we're, if we're living alone, if we're living as a loner, God, if, if we have undealt with pain in our hearts, that we were wounded by relationships long ago and it's hindering our present relationships, God, would you put your finger on it? God, we ask this in your name. God, would you speak to us? God, maybe would you highlight to us relationships that we should lean into? God, even now, would you put people on our minds? God, that we should reach out to. God, we want you to develop community here. We want you to develop connection here. Lord, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Lord, we just ask even now, God, if there's needs in the body, would you come? Would you speak to them, Father? Would you minister to your people? God, we don't want to leave this place and change. We don't want to come in with a problem and leave the same. God, we want you to come. We want you to speak. We want you to minister. God, we thank you, God, for your spirit who's here with us. We thank you for your spirit who is here with us. And so, God, we don't want to move too fast. If there's something you want to say, God, if there's someone you want to minister to, God, we just ask in this time, come have your way. Speak to your people. Touch your people. But we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.